Welcome to the Lord's house this morning. We're very glad that you are here, and our prayer is always that there would be blessing abundant from the Lord's Word as it is read and expounded, and as we gather for worship, we lift our our hearts in thanksgiving to the Lord. We're starting with number 395, At Calvary is the title, Years I Spent in Vanity and Pride, Caring Not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me He died on Calvary. Let's stand as we worship. That is not so familiar. So what we're going to do, we watch the words of verse 2 as the instruments play and help us to pick up the tune a little better, and then we'll continue on in our worship. <clears throat>
You may be seated. Let's come to the Lord now, please, in prayer. Let's seek His face as we come to just give this service into His hand. We all need to be conscious of our need of the Lord, and uh, I know that myself very much, and constantly pray for the Lord's grace and help to be able to lead the service and bring the Word of God. Thank you for your prayers, and often we pray for one another that the Lord's Word would settle deep down in our hearts and that we'd be receiving benefit from it. So let's pray to that end today. Father, we are thankful for again the privilege of being in the house of prayer and of praise. We want this day, Lord, to give thanks for all the mercies and blessings that we receive daily. So many things, Father, we cannot properly count them all. They are more than can be numbered. Beyond all this, Father, there are spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus that are everlasting. They are eternal. We're thankful for the cross upon which Jesus died. We're thankful today, Lord, for the full, free salvation that we have and for the forgiveness of our sins, for the day in which we called upon Christ as our Savior and repented of our own transgression. Lord, that was the day that our prayer was heard and our souls were saved. And today we know that it is well with us. We will be in heaven when we die. There is a place reserved for us. And Lord, I'm asking today that it would please You by the moving of the Spirit of God to work in every heart Remember every one of your children, and Lord, draw near and encourage each believer and any who are here without Christ. They do not know what it is to truly have a relationship with Jesus. I ask today, Lord, that the Spirit of God would speak on to every heart. So, Father, we are thankful for all the blessings we have. Pour out your Spirit upon this congregation. Bless every one, every family that is here, and bless every member of every family. Remember those who are set aside in their sickness. We do pray for Anna and Isabel today. Remember Dr. McClellan, put your hand upon him. We pray that others who have come through sickness or going through some problem right now that might not be a physical thing. Maybe there's a a spiritual problem, some emotional issue, but it's a heavy weight, Lord, upon the mind and heart. And how thankful we are. We can come in prayer, and we can just cast our everything upon our great God and Savior. Lord, we trust today that our prayers are heard in Christ's name, and we are thankful for that. Remember those who are ministering in other places today. We think of the Schultz family this morning in Port Hope. Bless their ministry. We pray for our brother Fraser in Calgary. We think of the work going on in Barrie with Brother Diderno. And Lord, we remember all of our churches across Canada and the United States and all of our mission stations. 
Bless everyone who is faithfully holding up the Lord Jesus. And if they're not part of our fellowship, but faithful to Christ, Lord, bless them, we pray. Remember this day, the ongoing ministry, the fruit of that ministry from our Young Adult Conference. Thankful again for Brother Simpson and all of the meetings that took place. And Lord, we pray that the blessings of those times would not just evaporate or drain away, but Lord, they would be multiplied and increased, and there would be much growth spiritually in every heart. Lord, hear us. We think, too, of the soon recommencement of our school. And dear Father, we would pray in advance for blessing to be upon Whitfield, and that, Lord, You would pour out Your Spirit upon administration and staff members, and as they are making their final preparations, that, Lord, there would be spiritual blessing and fellowship poured out, and that our young people, our students, as they prepare to come back again, that there would have been evidently a great work of grace in their hearts over the summertime. Lord, bless them. Bless every parent, every family member. Dear Lord, oversee that ministry every single step of the way. Bless every decision that must be made. Lord, pour out Your Spirit upon our session and board that ultimately is overseeing the work of our school and our church. And Father, we ask that every brother would know blessing multiplied in his own heart and family. Bless our deacons and elders. Lord, hear our prayer today. We need help in our nation. Lord, we need intervention by the Spirit of God to help us. We pray that You would turn wickedness and evil in reverse and that You would remove those who are bent on great evil. Lord, we pray for our leaders that You would restrain them, that You would save their souls, that You would give them wisdom to know how to direct our cities and our provinces and our nation. Oh God, we, we as the people who call themselves followers of Christ. May we be about the Master's business and be much in prayer for our leaders. And Lord, that we as the body of Christ, that we would be lights to shine in a very dark world. Hear our prayer, Lord, we ask. And whatever Your providential purpose is regarding our nation, regarding the return of Christ, Help us to be in the center of Your will and to be waiting and expecting for Christ's return. Lord, we have all this to look forward to, even though there will be times of persecution and troubles and trials. Yet in Christ we are more than conquerors. And so that's our rejoicing today. So, Father, bless us all now as we continue in our worship. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 32a, we're going to sing and continue in our worship. If you're using our hymnal, the psalms are at the back of our book. Let's stand, please, as we sing to the Lord.
moment, look at these words, I there unto have unto thee my sin acknowledged, and likewise mine iniquity I have not covered. I will confess unto the Lord my trespass, and of my sin thou freely didst forgive all of thine iniquity. What great rejoicing we have today in the knowledge of this, that Christ has heard and forgiven and washed our sins away through His own precious blood. And we can rejoice today in that. Sing the final verse. I will Please turn with me now in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, reading the first twelve verses. And again Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that He was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And He preached the word unto them. And they come unto Him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether Is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he says to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. They had never seen such a thing in their life before, that a man that they knew 
He was known by all that were in Capernaum as a lame, crippled man. He had four friends that brought him to the Lord. And the interesting thing is that the Lord, first of all, commends the faith of the four men who brought the sick man. But when it came right down to the fact of this man's healing and forgiveness, the Lord addressed His comments to him, Thy faith hath made thee whole. You see, at the root of the whole matter, there might be sickness of body. There might be problems that we all have one way or another. But the greater healing that anyone can ever anticipate or hope for is a healing of having our sins forgiven and being healed of all of our transgressions. And so the Lord had mercy on that man that day, and He forgave him, and He cleansed him, He healed him, and He gave him pardon that day. And ah, friend, if you do not know the Lord here today, that same word that Jesus spoke to that man, He can speak to you as well. You come to Him in simple faith and say, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. And on that prayer, the Lord will hear and He will forgive. The Lord bless His own precious Word to our hearts today. Good to see you all in the Lord's house. You're very, very welcome. We have some visitors with us today, and we have those who have returned again to be with us, and you are very, very welcome and certainly all those who are online with us today, you are very, very welcome. Do please remember the Schultz family. We already thought of them in prayer. They're ministering in Port Hope this morning. We have had a very special time of fellowship with them. They are here for a combination of reasons, for deputation, for some holiday, and then also to be a part of the Young Adult Conference we had last week, a week and a bit ago. So it's been a very special time to be with them. Do continue to hold up their ministry in the Czech Republic that the Lord would abundantly bless them and encourage them as well. Remember our brother James Fraser. He's ministering the Word today in Calgary, Alberta. It was their last Lord's Day. We'll be here today and then also next week. Do remember, uh, please, him and Diana in your prayers. Remember, please, also to pray for Dr. McClellan. He is not doing just so well at this time, and I know that you do hold him up in prayer. He's very much appreciative of that, and do continue to do that, along with others. It's great to see our brother Richard Teo in the service this morning, and Ron, and uh, we know that our prayers continue for our sister Anna, and also Isabel, and not to forget to pray for Serene as well, please, in your praying. John Bodner, Reverend Bodner, is very low at this time, and I know that you have been praying for him. We were last Wednesday in our meeting, and to our brother John, we hold him up before the Lord that God would give him a very speedy entry into his kingdom as he has faithfully been a servant for many, many years preaching the gospel. We've also been thinking about our brother Kingsley Jew. And we've been very thankful that God's hand has been upon him. And he has a note of thanks here he would like to express to the congregation. Thank you for your prayers for me have been wonderfully answered. I finally had the medical procedure and am well on the way 
of being completely healthy again. Continue to pray for uh, brothers and sisters who need our prayers. The effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, James 5.16. So, brother, we're thankful you're on the well mend again, and we continue to uphold you and your family before the Lord. Please remember today at 5.50 we have our pre-service prayer time and our evening service tonight at 6.30. We hope you will make a very special effort to attend because this is really going to be a missionary meeting tonight as Pastor Schultz will be giving a report of an update really on his work in the Czech Republic. He'll be bringing the Word and also Mila Schultz Jr. will be giving a, a word of testimony and uh, some of the boys, the boys will be singing as well tonight, ministering in song. So it's going to be a good evening, and we look forward uh, to that time tonight. Don't forget that in your prayers. This coming Wednesday will be our Bible study and prayer time as we continue to seek the Lord. And my, we have much to give thanks to the Lord for. That's good reason to come to pray. But we have also much to remember before God, thinking about the recommencement of our school the great ministry that God has put within our charge, and we take that seriously. And let every member and every attender of this congregation, whether you're sending children to school or not, well, you want to be holding up this work before God, that He will greatly bless this work. So let's not forget to do that. Coming to pray on Wednesday night, and if you can't make it in person, then you're joining online via Zoom one advanced announcement for you, and that is on August the 27th, the last Lord's Day of the month. We will be having our fellowship time after the evening service, but the evening service will be a sending service for our brother Frank DiDerno as he'll be heading off to Fredericton to take up that ministry there. And uh, that's going to be an exciting time for the folks in Fredericton. And do remember them in your prayers and come along and support our brother. Mentioned a few weeks ago that if you would like to financially help the ministries that we have here and our brethren who are commencing the work of studying in the ministry, uh, they're very important works and we want to get behind them in a very practical way. You mark your envelope either for Fredericton or you can mark it as ministerial students, and we'll be sure that those funds are directed to aid and to help uh, these men as they are serving the Lord. What else is a congregation for? But we get behind our missionaries, we get behind those works that God has placed under our oversight, and we want to help in every way that we can. I'm going to sing again to the Lord's praise, number 535. And as we are thinking about our tithes and our offerings, you have faithfully given to the Lord's work. Uh, the plate is on the table outside. If you would like to give an offering to the Lord's work, you are welcome to do that at the close of the service. 535, let's remain seated, please, while we sing.
Let's stand for the final two verses, please. Please turn in your Bibles now to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55. We're reading the first nine verses. Listen. Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for He hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, 
and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, the Lord will bless His Word to us. Let's bow our hearts, please, for a moment's prayer. Father, we have this Word, Your Holy Word, open now before us. Help us to understand. Write its truth upon our hearts. Speak to every believer to reinforce in our minds the great grace of our God to us. And Father, we pray that any who do not know the Lord Jesus, their hearts would be open and touched, and You would save them. So hear us now. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Well, this portion of Scripture is so full of precious gems that picking one to expound on, I liken it a little bit to a woman who would go into a jeweler with open cabinets full of diamonds and precious gems. And the jeweler would say, pick one, and you would have a job. I think some ladies I know would say, I'll take that cabinet right there. And do you deliver? And it would be sent home, and they would enjoy many of those things. Well, here in this part of the Lord's Word, God has made a very special appeal from the very start, and He said, listen, everyone, if you are thirsty, and it's not just thirsty for a drink of water, it is thirsty for spiritual life. He said, come, drink, come, enjoy. Without money, without price, you don't have to put anything on the table to take what God is offering. It is a gift He gives freely. He goes on to speak about an everlasting covenant that He has made with those who trust in Him in salvation. He speaks about the sure mercies of David. He is talking about the cross and of all that Jesus Christ came to do. Acts chapter 13 verifies that. And then he says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him. In other words, turn unto the Lord while you have time and while you have opportunity. Ah, my friends, there is so much here. But I want us to think on the last phrase of verse 7. It really sums up so much of what is spoken about here. He, that is God, will abundantly pardon. God will abundantly pardon. And that's simply the title for our message today. Abundant. Plentiful pardon. Pardon that is full and cannot be improved upon. Ah, friends, as I speak today and we think about a merciful God who is a pardoning God, one who has forgiven, one who has cleansed, one who has healed, one who has given the gift of eternal life. We have all this and much more in our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we think about this, we must back up a little bit 
to get the full picture of what is really meaningful here in what God is telling us. And the first thought is this. It's our faulty, failing, incomplete view of what sin really is. Because until a person gets a grasp of what God is talking about when He speaks about sin, you can't have a full understanding of what forgiveness means or about the need of forgiveness. At first view of sin that anyone has, if they even acknowledge it, it would be very low. They would call it maybe a mistake, uh, an error in judgment. I tripped up. It was one of those little white lies. I made an error in judgment. We need to see, though, the need of what the Lord has spoken about, of what sin is. You know, religion to many ungodly people is a bit like a point of view. Well, your point of view is one thing, and my point of view is something different. And so, to those who are unsaved, they would look at religion, Protestant, Catholic, whatever the religion might be, and they would just say, well, that was something you were molded into. You were brought up into that as a young person. That's why you believe what you believe. Some would say that if there is any value in religion at all, it might be, well, let's call it a moral perspective. Let's say that there's some ethical worth in your religion. I met a man once, and he said to me, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Not religious, but spiritual. Which means, I understand, that he was prepared to acknowledge that there was something more than just a body that was made of bones and flesh and blood. There was something more to him as a being, as a person. So he acknowledged, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. There was some other side to him. So in other words, he was making for himself a self-determined spirituality. It was what he thought in his own mind. It was a sort of made-to-suit lifestyle, a kind of religion, though he might not call it that, that results in a, a level of morality. There's a certain way of addressing a lifestyle. It's a kind of religion which results in a morality that can be agreed upon by the individual or maybe agreed upon by a society of people. But such a person does not view sin as a big deal. Even if he acknowledged that there was crime that needed to be punished, or the criminal would pay back to his due to society, but really lying is not such a big issue because many times people lie just because it's something they feel is appropriate to get them out of a circumstance or to deal with a life problem. And anyway, you might never meet that person that you lied to again, or it really doesn't make a big deal or an issue. So they look at the lying, it's not a sin, it's just something that you have to do to get through life. No big deal. So what? Most people do not see themselves, therefore, 
as wicked, law-breaking rebels who deserve hell because of their sin. They see themselves as basically good people. They may be kind, friendly, generous, humble to a point, and if they see no sin, what's the result of that? They see no need for a Savior. I mean, why do I need a Savior? Why do I need Christ? What do I need to be saved from? I'm a, I'm a good person. I, I'm, I'm a righteous person. I have a measure of spirituality even. But the issue of sin as an offense to a holy God is not considered except perhaps in the very extreme cases where they would look at those who are mass murderers, those who would do very heinous crimes in society, and maybe even ministers who would dare to expose and call a certain lifestyle wicked or sinful or abominable. Yes, those people should be hung out to dry. But when the Holy Spirit begins to show a person, their own sin, what happens is that it grips the heart. And it dawns on us that every command that God has given has not only been broken a little bit, it's been completely smashed. And the Ten Commandments are now left in a pile of rubble under our feet. We have broken every law of God There's a horror of great darkness here. And the thing is that in my own spirituality, there is no remedy. There's no cure for this. It's a bit like walking on a tight rope over Niagara. But if you slipped, you lost your footing, and you fell over off the rope, the only thing that you would happened to you is that you would fall down to the water and that you would die. Did I say the only thing? My dear friends, if we fall because of our sin into the hands of an angry God, then, my dear friends, we are lost for all eternity. This is the weight of our sin, everlasting damnation in hell. These are hard words to speak. And yet, they are words of Scripture. They are truthful words. When a person senses their guilt and the fearful judgment that is to follow, that you are without God, you are without Christ, and you are without hope, the only step from an irretrievable disaster is that the evil of sin comes home to the heart. Ah, my friend, I say to you today, are you unsaved? Let me introduce you to the God of grace, to the God of love, to the God who loved us even when we were dead in our sins, and He has made us alive. He has quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are we saved. 
He will have mercy. He will abundantly pardon. This is the gospel message of good news. And today, He calls you, my friend, to confess your sin. He calls you to repent of your sin. He calls you to receive the gift of everlasting life. And freely it's offered in the gospel. You you cannot pay for it. As a matter of fact, the Lord says, Come, don't bring any money. You have none that I will receive. Don't bring any payment. You have no payment to make. Come and take the gift that I'm offering to you. The gift of everlasting life. Romans chapter 3 tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by Him. Now, now, my friend, if you've come to the Lord and you know Him, and I'm speaking to many believers here, it's not the smallness of sin that bothers us, but it's the, the monstrous size of how we have offended the Lord. And I, I don't believe that any one of us have a full understanding of the enormity of our sin because we cannot see this from a holy perspective that God looks upon it and why He would send Christ to be a sin-bearer for me. The weight of sin. Perhaps, friends, you've been troubled if you're out of Christ. Maybe you've been thinking a little bit about secret sins. If others only knew the things that we are guilty of. You've tried to escape them many times, but you feel hopelessly trapped in a dungeon. And maybe you've resigned yourself that there's no freedom from those secret sins. And as the light of God falls on it, the memory keeps coming back, constantly returns. And maybe you've become convinced that there's no hope of being delivered from this. In the course of my ministry, I've talked to people at different times, counseled them over their souls, of their concern for their fear of death, and lamenting of sins they committed when they were in their youthful days. And they are looking at those things, and the memory of them has come back, and they're tormented by that. And they can't seem to find relief from it. And they're wondering, What will happen to me when I come to stand before God in the day of of judgment? So it's not just secret sins, but it's maybe how many sins that have been amassed up in the course of life. The number is so great. And the longer that a person lives outside of Christ, those sins keep multiplying. We sin in thought. We sin with our motives and our words. We sin with our actions. Think sometimes of a room that is you filled with clean air. At least you think it's clean air. And uh, you're breathing in and out all day long. And then you open the curtains and the sun shines through the window. 
and you look and see all the particles that are floating around in the air. You realize, I'm breathing all those into my lungs. Well, maybe the air is somewhat clean, but you think to yourself, all those little bits will think now about your sins and how many that we're breathing those in all the time. They're in the air and there's no clarity. Horatius Bonner, he wrote in his hymn, All mine iniquity, crimson red has it been in sin, infinite, infinite sin upon sin, sin of not loving the Lord, sin of not trusting in God. Yes, an infinite amount of sin. But then what about the, the size? You know, some sins are enormous, and they are great, and, well, we know them ourselves. But if some other people were to find out about them, and sometimes they do escape, but committed over times of great carelessness, disregard for people, disregard for God, not thinking it's of any great thing, but then there's a monstrous reality of the iniquity that we have. It's taken a toll on our lives, taken a toll on relationships. Ah, my friends, but I say to you today that there is blessed hope in the gospel And that's the second thought I leave with you this morning. It's simply God's abundant pardon. That's exactly what He says in His Word. For He will abundantly pardon. He will go beyond, above and beyond. There is hope today, friend, for everyone in Christ. There is hope to receive pardon because our God is merciful. Who is a pardoning God like Thee? The words, the book of Habakkuk. Jesus said, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men. Jesus did not come to shame sinners, but He came to save them. That's good news. That's the Gospel of good news. He didn't come to call righteous people. And that's one of the difficulties of preaching the gospel or sharing your testimony with someone who thinks I'm okay. I have my own self-righteousness. And you say, but what about your sin? They'll say, what sin are you talking about? And to try and present a Savior to such a person, they have no need for it. Because the Lord Jesus said, I didn't come to call righteous people. And He meant by that those who think they are righteous, self-righteous. But He came to save sinners. And today, friend, that means that if you acknowledge your transgression before God, if you say, yes, I know that I have broken His law, there is a Savior who died. There is a Savior who went to the cross. And He went to the cross and died for great sinners. He went to the cross and died for enormous sinners. How do I know that? Because I know, friend, He saved my soul. I know my own sinful past. And I know that God is able because if He could save me, and the Apostle Paul said, He was the chiefest of sinners Well, 
I think many other would vie for that position of the great apostle. Salvation that God offers is so big and so great and so vast that we cannot properly understand it. And we must come by faith simply to say, Lord, I receive the mercy and the gift that You have given and You have provided for. He will abundantly pardon. There's no comparison between our thinking and God's on this matter. Because in our smallness of thinking, we look on the earth and the universe and we exclaim that, well, some people do anyways, if God exists, then He is not given enough evidence. And yet the preaching of nature, the preaching of the sun and the moon and the stars and all of creation, the preaching and the message that that gives is so great and so deafening that there is a God And if there is a God, there is accountability to that God. And that accountability means that we must stand to answer for how we have broken His Word and His law. And oh, my friends, God who abundantly pardons in His own infinite counsel, He has planned that man will be saved from his sin. And it's not because man deserves anything, not because any one of us deserve this salvation. It's because the Lord has had mercy upon us and He extends His grace to us. And we are given the gift. And He that planned eternal life as a free gift to give to us, which cannot be merited, cannot be purchased, It only must be received as the gift. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But let me say to you that God is not slow to forgive. God is fast to forgive, very fast. As a matter of fact, as soon as you offer that prayer from your heart with all, with all your soul, with all genuineness, if you say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. God will instantly hear your prayer. He is very fast to forgive He forgives rapidly, for at the sound of your voice, when you call, He will answer without delay, freely, readily, joyfully. For God is love. And He is more ready to hear and forgive than we are even to ask and to pray. Ah, my friends, sometimes we are slow to forgive others that sin against us. But God is very swift to forgive those who have sinned against Him and offended Him and who call upon Him in repentance and faith. And something further, that when God, when He forgives, He forgets. We have a great difficulty doing that at times because when someone has offended us and has cut us very deeply, 
we don't want to forgive and we don't want to forget. And if we come to the point of offering forgiveness, it's very, very hard for us to forget about that. And the devil will use that in our lives to bring it back to remind us of what that person did and how they don't deserve to be forgiven. And each time a thought like that comes into our mind, we need to be reminded again of how much the Lord has forgiven us and how undeserving we are and how unworthy we are of receiving anything from our Lord. And yet He has given us everything. He has given us the greatest of all gifts. We pray today already thanking the Lord for all the temporal things we have, and rightly so, because we can't even breathe our next breath, but it comes from the grace and power of our Lord. And yet, all temporal things, they are as nothing compared to the great spiritual blessings and the gift He has given to us. God says, I will cast all their sins behind My back, and I will cast their iniquities into the depths of the sea. And when you think about God being the infinite, eternal God of heaven and earth, how could He forget something? It's because, my friend, He wills and purposes to forget And that's the only way that could happen. God determines that our sins that have been washed away by Christ's blood, He said, I will forget them. And that's something that you and I cannot do. We cannot will to forget something. We might try, we might hope, but it could come back. But when the Lord says, I will forget your sins, I will cast them away from me, He will never remember them again. And so today, friend, if you have received Christ, if He has forgiven you and washed you, your sins are gone. Your sins have been taken away. And so what is it when the devil comes to remind you of sins that you've committed before? Yes, you may still have a memory of them, and he's able to bring them back to us, But if our thinking is right in the Gospel, if our understanding of justification and what Christ has done for us is true and right, then we know our sins are gone. Therefore, do not live with the shadow of them over your life. Come into the full light of God's forgiveness. That's what it means when we come to Jesus in simple faith and ask Him, He has promised to wash them all away. That's why the Gospel is good news. It is great news. Then stand in the light of so great salvation today. Ah, my friends, Jesus said, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven. All manner, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. He forgives and He forgets. C.H. Spurgeon once said, when you 
bury a dead dog, make sure you don't leave the tail above the ground. And that's good wisdom. When we know that our sins have been put beneath the cross of Christ and He has forgiven them, then let us be sure that we know that the Lord has said, I have blotted out thy transgressions. And once God does this, they are gone, and they are gone forever. Let us not forget that though God does forgive and forget, and He pardons us from all our iniquity, there are the consequences of our sins that will remain. And this is something we must understand and know. The alcoholic may have been saved from hell, but the years of worldly living, it will take a toil on our health. The thief may be saved in prison, but that does not mean he's going to get out less than the time he has to serve to society. God may save, and after a life of broken relationship and wrecked lives, and yet there still is going to be some wreckage that remains, and we have to deal with those consequences. But that does not mean, friend, that the sins have remained. The Lord also has promised us that He will restore the years that the locusts of sin have eaten. As we bring the message to a close today, can we not say from our hearts, how great is our God, how loving and how kind are His ways, He loves mercy and He's ready to forgive. More ready than we are even to receive it. And my dear friend, He will abundantly pardon us. And as we have received that today, and you are seated, and you are saved, and your spirit has been made whole, then you can say, praise God. You can shout hallelujah from your heart, for you know that you are going to heaven when you die. And ah, friend, if you are uncertain about that today, maybe you don't have and possess the assurance of salvation, then I would say to you, look again to the cross of Christ. Look again to what Jesus did for you. Because in realizing that your everything is connected to the virtue and value and worth of what He did on Calvary, then we can say, never mind what the devil says to bring us doubts. Never mind my own uncertainty. Have you asked the Lord to save you? Have you repented with all your heart in genuineness of your sin? Have you asked the Lord? Then you can rest your soul upon Him. You can stand certain that you are saved by His grace. Now, someone might think, oh man, that's great. That's a ticket to do more sin. That's a ticket to go out and live as I like in the world. Anyone who thinks like that is not saved. They have been deceived. They've deceived themselves. They've made some kind of a profession, say, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus, I believe in Jesus. 
There's more than just uttering those words. It has to be a heart and life experience. We must be brought into a living relationship with Christ, which is done by the Lord. And it's His power and His work. But in the Lord Jesus, we have been made anew. And we have been born again by the Spirit of God. And there is therefore joy in our hearts. And there is a peace that passes all understanding. I ask you today, friend, do you have that peace? Do you know that joy? Do you know the pardoning grace of God in your own heart? I pray that He will speak on and speak to your soul today. We're going to close our service by singing hymn number 26. Great God of wonders, all Thy ways are matchless, godlike, and divine. But the bright glories of Thy grace above Thine other wonders shine. Yes, above Thine other wonders shine. We're going to ask the, uh, the instruments to play through that verse once, as it might not just be a tune you're familiar with, but let them play through, and then we will stand to sing.
words of verse 3, in wonder, lost with trembling joy, we take the pardon of our God, pardon for crimes of deepest dye, a pardon bought with Jesus' blood, a pardon that is bought with Jesus' blood. Oh, may this glorious, matchless love, this God-like miracle of grace, teach mortal tongues like those above to raise this song of lofty praise. This final verse. heads, please, in prayer. And friend, if you are here today and you're not a believer in Christ, I exhort you to think again and to take this moment and just call upon the Lord Jesus, repenting of your sins, and say, O oh God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Father, hear our prayer today. Work in every believing heart. Lord, reinforce this truth again to us of the great value of our salvation. And Father, please, we pray, save any who are without Christ. Hear our prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if the Lord has spoken to your heart today, and you have any questions about what I've been speaking about, please wait behind. Be very happy to take any time to speak with you about uh, the gospel, about what it means to be saved, and to pray the Lord would write His truth upon your heart.